2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast Horseman. Back in the 20s, we reviewed a very famous <laughs> <TV>
3: <laughs> Welcome, indeed, to Podcast Horseman, the BoJack Horseman podcast, a spoiler-free, episode-by-episode audio review podcast of the critically acclaimed Netflix series, BoJack Horseman. I'm a socially distanced and completely fed-up Michael Hamflit.
2: <laughs> and I'm a socially distanced and... Less fed up, but still fed up, I guess. Adam Nicholas. Hello, everybody, and welcome. My word, welcome back to Podcast Horseman after all of the chaos of last year. Mm. It's just continued into this year.
3: I've missed (laughs) you, Adam Nicholas. I've missed you, the person listening to this podcast right now. I've even missed Bojack. I've missed every element of this. And it's the one thing, as people were desperate for their calendars to tick from 2020 to 2021, that I was glad was still the same.
2: Yes. And it has been rather nice that that it's all stayed the same, isn't it? That it's just do you know what it is? It's gonna be good, Michael. We've got mm. this podcast, and no matter what happens, for at least an hour <laughs> an hour and a half, things is gonna be all right. But positive mental attitude, we're gonna get through this, and it doesn't matter what kind of mental attitude you've got, Michael, you can still call us the front of the plane. <laughs> because even though the years have changed, we are the same because we are all business. To begin with, you can follow this podcast on Twitter or Instagram at Podcast Horseman. Please do give us a follow. If you want to do something nice for the new year, why not help a small podcast get a little bit bigger? Who knows? You might even enjoy it along the way. Also, if you'd like to follow either of your hosts, you can do exactly that. You can follow me on Twitter at It's Adam Nicholas. Or you can follow the fed up but still lovely Michael Hamflitz
3: at Michael Hamflit. You can uh, get this podcast pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts. Uh, On Apple Podcasts, where we'd love you to subscribe. On Spotify, where we'd love you to follow. On Amazon Music, where we'd love you to do whatever they make you do on Amazon Music. Um, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, you can get us, especially on Acast, where, of course, you can subscribe and, indeed, stream, which will be as a link every Friday when the podcast goes up on the App Podcast Horseman Twitter page. Through Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review. And as always, as we say at the start of every one of these podcasts, uh, we'd love you to leave us a five-star one. It doesn't matter what you see. You can be so cruel and hateful and abusive in that little comments box. But as long as you put the stars first, uh, that's all right with us. You'll get a mention. You'll get read right out on this podcast. I should point out we have a lovely a uh, backlog of reviews at the moment it's really nice that so many people have thought to leave us a review we are working through those one after another after another another one will be read out on this show they will continue to be read out nobody will go without a mention on podcast horseman and of course that will get you a star on our illustrious and exclusive hollywood talk of fame a new inductee coming at the end of this episode
2: very exciting indeed. As always, very exciting stuff. And yes, you know what it is. As long as you put those five stars in there, we can give off the illusion that everyone's having a good time. Even if your message <laughs> is something of pure filth and hatred. That would be lovely. Hey, why not mix and match it? It's 2021. <laughs> Let's do something, here, something a bit different. But exciting news for everybody as well. I know throughout all 20 the 20, this was something that was plaguing many of your minds. When will we get our new stars on the Hollywood Talk of Fame Well, we thought we'd save it for you because we wanted to bring the good stuff, the positive vibes into 2021. So the first batch of the brand new, all the new ones, all the back catalogue, everything will be dropping this week at the same day, either the Friday or the Saturday. Friday of the episode goes out or indeed the Saturday when I have some free time. But they're there. They're made. They are ready to go out. You will be getting those. Guaranteed this weekend. You can take that to the bank. No more of this Messing around the bush. We are all business, Michael. And allegedly, <laughs> that's how we're going to stay. Anyway, here's some words you might actually be able to rely on from Netflix uh, about this week's episode of BoJack Horseman. On this week's episode of Podcast Horseman, we are on to Season 4, Episode 8. This one is called The Judge. Hollyhock starts dating an intern on BoJack's new show. Princess Carolyn meets Ralph's parents. Mr. Peanut Butter throws his support behind Woodchuck I've honestly It it took me a little while To get back into this Because I was trying to remember Where we were And what even Mm. Time and space were But you know what it is You come back to this Talking horse And it just makes you feel A little bit better Doesn't it
3: Yeah, there was plots and strands and strings everywhere. But I suppose from the world that was otherwise underground where we last left the cast, it was quite nice for them all to be out and about again and getting up to mischief, which is where we find Bojack and Hollyhock at the start of the episode. They're in his Tesla um, heading somewhere and talking about Hollyhock eventually meeting her mother. Do you remember in the last episode, uh, Diane, while drunk, was able to kind of like brief Bojack on that the adoption process of finding a maternal link is actually quite straightforward and they needn't have gone through Bojack's murky past in order to do that in the first place. Uh, but Bojack instead distracts it about talking about his brand new show. Uh, again, for a, a little call back to Stupid Piece of Sh, I believe it was, where it was Felicity Huffman that agreed to give him a shot on this new show, which she kind of described as a crime procedural, I think was her description. Um, So he's very excited to be on FHBA Los Angeles, which indeed does sound something that's about 10 seasons in with 30 episodes a season. Uh, He's cast as the judge. Doesn't really know what it's going to entail, but they're going to find out when they get there. Um, He gets very excited on the way reciting judge lines to a bad driver on the intersection. He's already kind of like, I don't know if he's just wanting to take the conversation away from Hollyhock or just get it back onto himself, but he's certainly very keen to get into character straight away. They get onto set. Uh, and bojack brilliantly here they're walking down a corridor and he's literally being passed from one dialogue free assistant to another they are saying nothing but they're just holding his arm along this corridor hollyhock isn't but he's the star obviously um speaks to everything we've ever heard about what happens when you become a television star or a film star and people just cater to you every whim um while this is happening he's just waffling on about the the, like just how great he is, the importance of the craft of acting whilst his hand is literally being holding through every part of the job uh, we meet an intern, Miles, who uh, he turns up to offer um, Bojack and Hollyhock some water, uh, Bojack hasn't heard anything he said and talks down to him um, and asks him to take Hollyhock to Video Village while he's filming, so she can watch the show uh, as he points out from his best angle, where he will, where he will, you know, his chins won't be sort of quite as visible. Um, Hollyhock's quite pleased, seemingly, to get a bit of a nose around the studio. Uh, and Bojack, in the meantime, is being corralled into a, a judge's outfit. He's got the gown, uh, he's got the little wig on, all that sort of stuff, uh, and seated in a courtroom setting. Before the lights go down, and we get a previously on montage. Uh, the package uh, of what happened on last week's episode reveals that FHBA Los Angeles is Felicity Huffman's Booty Academy, which, <laughs> from what we can gather in the closing moments of this skit before the credits roll, is an arse-based elimination reality show. Uh, Jack sort of innocently looks up to no one in particular and says, what's all I said? And then we hit the credits.
2: Thoughts? My God. You know what it is, they could have sucked anybody into this, couldn't they? Because if anybody says to you, like, a bunch of initials followed by, I don't know, the city or a town or whatever, yeah. in America, you're like, oh, yeah, well, that sounds like a, a police procedural, doesn't it? <laughs> I was You're fully expecting Bojack to, like, have the glasses on, having stood next to the murder or whatever, mm-hmm. and, like, whip them off with a catchphrase, you know, like, much like our killer, I guess we'll have to take a stare at it. But, like, ultimately... <laughs> That's not going to happen here, is it at all? Or at least I hope it doesn't, (laughs) because it could be very different indeed. But of course it was going to be something stupid. Of course it was. Mm -hmm. We should have seen this coming, really. Like, they kept the cards close to their chest. But (laughs) I love the insinuation that, you know, it's it's about the booties, of course. Of course it is. But it's not really. Honest, it's not really. (laughs)
3: Let's dig into that a little bit, shall we? Because we've joined at the start of the episode proper by Felicity Huffman, quote, giving her verdict as the the head judge of the three. There's Bojack and a third judge. We'll get to who that is in a minute. Uh, and she's quite literally judging the arse of one of the contestants. And, you know, your, your booty is not up to standard. and It's got to go. Um, Bojack is really rattled by what's going on. And a contestant called Tasha is eliminated from the show. Um... And then the lights come back on. They stop the filming. Tasha seems genuinely devastated to be gone. Um, but we start to find out a little bit more about Felicity Huffman's Booty Academy. Um, a third judge drops the catchphrase, your booty has been adjudicated. And that third judge <laughs> turns out to be Sir Mix-a-Lot. Of course not, it is. Not because he likes big butts, but because he cannot lie. What a perfectly placed person for that that role. Um, we learn.
2: Do you know what the worst part? Sorry to interrupt, Michael. The worst part here was, of course, that Tasha, who was of course being eliminated from this at this point, mm. she was feeling so electric, she danced her ass off, and <laughs> she hadn't even been given the right to go through. Can you imagine?
3: Oh, if if, if only I could paint the picture of where I'm recording right now, I can see out my kitchen window so I can see you, Moonlight and Starlight, but we must get back to the recording. (laughs) Um, Felicity Hoffman and Bojack are talking to one another, Bojack's trying to get a read on whatever the hell this show is, (laughs) and she explains that it was originally going to be called, quote, Felicity Hoffman's Future Leaders of America, but it got (laughs) read by the network. Bojack questions the retooling and what, beyond arse judging, the show could possibly be. But he can't get a straight answer from a really indignant Felicity Hoffman and Sir Mixelar, who were very, very offended at the prospect of this being an arse judging contest. Um, <laughs> Hollyhock comes over at this point and wants to leave. She assumes the show is over and she's had enough. She feels, quote, like a blob in front of all the LA model types that are, like, mixing around on set. Uh, but Bojack has ten more hours of the Booty Academy to film. Uh, so Hollyhock and Miles, the intern that we met earlier on, go for a walk around the sets together to fill a bit of time. Miles is going to show around some of the sites of the LA film sets that he works on. Um, we'll come back to that a little bit later on. we are back later on with Bojack. Uh, still sick of living with his mother, she's still calling him Henrietta, and nursing doll, of course, the, uh, the controversial figure that Bojack threw out the window, the stupid piece of shit. Um, Hollyhock arrives back uh, to the house, and it turns out she stayed out all night with Miles. Um, Bojack is immediately cynical of Miles' intentions, um, explaining how that he's never gonna get back to her. Now they've slept together, that's it, blah, blah, blah. He's obviously referring to countless other times that he's done that to a woman. Mid rant, Hollyhock gets a text from Miles, uh, saying that he had a great time, that he wants to see her again, all that sort of stuff. Uh, He continues to text her as Bojack is lecturing her about him. Um, Miles just wants to spend the day with Hollyhock, so she leaves Bojack again, trapped at home, with Beatrice uh, there's a nice gag here as well where Bojack better than, Oh, if Miles is for real I'll do 50 push-ups uh, at which point he says he's, he can't even do one he says the act of a push-up is impossible and the camera pulls away to find Beatrice just doing the push-ups and saying I'm completely lucid I could go all day just keep doing these push-ups I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to mention that there because that's an offhand throwaway gag that isn't referenced again, that suddenly she's developed a superhuman strength just to undermine Bojack in a single moment.
2: She's literally up to like 46 or 47, I think, <laughs> already, already at this point. Never referenced again. The frailest yeah. old woman. Amazing stuff.
3: Just tremendous. Um, We're well, back to book again. It's sort of a very, very clear A, uh, B and C plot here. So there's kind of cuts between a lot of other things going on. So we find ourselves back at um Uh, Bojack's house again. A few more days have passed. Hollyhock's back uh, later than she'd intended, later than Bojack had expected. And this is it. after a run of days, it appears that she's been spending with Miles, spending all of her time with her, with Miles instead of anybody else. Um, Days are getting lost as far as Bojack's concerned. Uh, And he's trying, albeit not through the best methods, to be the father figure that we've seen in recent episodes, whether that be through battling with himself so he finally tells the truth or giving her kind of like the white lies that are actually justified because he wants her to feel better. Of course, that was there. It was in Stupid Piece of where she admitted she hears the voices too. And he lied to her to tell her that that feeling would go away. He's trying to like embody a few father figurely tropes every single episode. And this is another one because he's being stern about being out late with a boy that he doesn't trust the, uh, the best intentions of. Uh, it doesn't work. So this is the point when he nauses it up spectacularly um he immediately goes on the attack Um, i don't think even he believes that he's going on the attack but he does it all the same uh he says that with miles being around so many attractive women all day hollyhock just won't be enough for him she's instantly crushed by this so bojack piece of shit, man kind of gaslights her, puts it back on her, and says, oh, you, you said that you look like a blob. I didn't say that. I don't think you look like a blob. This is kind of what you thought, um, as if that would make it better. Um, He smooths the edges a little bit by notice, by trying to note that LA is a superficial town. It's not about her, it's not even about Miles. It's just, it's just the air in the place. This is what it does to all the people there. Um, And that she needs to be careful out there. She's still like fresh in the area. Uh, but every time as she goes to leave uh, the house, every time he shouts, wait, wait, she just takes that as a dig. She says, all right, I get it. You're talking about my weight. So even that, which played for a gag, obviously in this context, Mm. is still something that's gone spectacularly wrong. Great, seen this. Shades of grey. Bojack first tries to do right, but can't do right for doing wrong, and then does really, really wrong trying to do right.
2: I mean, that's his whole MO, isn't it, at this point? He's just, Mm. the guy... It's a disaster. It's a disaster with his own life. But then, trying—he is trying in his weird, twisted way. He is trying to like to help. I think, or like it's like it's, he certainly thinks he's trying to help. Uh, but obviously, it's just never going to work. Even if even if he got it spot on, like she's just at an age where these are those things that she needs to learn by herself. Whether it's the hard way, or the easy way. Even though everything we've been shown tells us that. Actually, Bojack isn't right at all. Yeah, <laughs> like, Miles actually wants to see her. He wants to spend the day with her. Um, and you can tell immediately that despite the fact he's trying to be dad and be a good dad at that, he's not exactly the best equipped to kind of walk down that road, is he?
3: The dad probably wouldn't move so quick to referring to her as a blob, even if he believed no. that, that line was secondhand.
2: The, yeah just even just apologize for making like even if you've gone down that road by accident just apologize it's very easy just say look i've, got, I've you've got me I'm, i was mixed up not but hey wait a minute <laughs> you said you're a blob
3: he um he seeks advice from Diane who and there'll be more on this later is getting a massage at a rather exclusive looking location um we will come back to that she's full of all the rational nobles analysis that you would expect from Diane ultimately um, and it's what Bojack desperately needs as he typically does um, but when she starts suggesting various solutions and their ideas of which you know kind of like to turn it round. He calls it, quote, to Diane" and the Hollyhock would never believe it. So against her advice, he resolves instead to set Miles up to look like a complete jerk. Uh, and as Diane sort of gradually tries to protest, unfortunately, she's just sucked back into the massage she's really enjoying. So she kind of stops giving a shit about the situation, too. Um, there's just this trailing off, no Bojack, oh, but doesn't really care because she's enjoying a massage. So Bojack goes off to enact what's surely bound to be a terrible plan. Um... We see him back at the uh, Felicity Huffman Booty Academy set where he's uh, bribing one of the f- uh, finalists in the show. The, the, the first scene there was three, so we were, I guess that would maybe be like a semi-final. Now we're down to two left and hes we're assuming that he's going to, you know, not vote for this contestant if she does the thing she wants. Which he believes is to seduce the PA. We get a wacky stack of confusion here when the contestant does exactly what she believes she was asked, which was to have sex with the PA. Um, but when Bojack brings Miles in for what he believes is going to be the big showdown, the big reveal, it's revealed that she slept with a PA. Not Miles, who's an intern, which Bojack would have known if he ever listened to Miles at the very beginning of the episode, when he made it very clear what his job was. Um, this, in turn, gets Bojack in deep sh- with Felicity Hoffman and Sir mix who remain strident that this is a show about lifting up women, rather than that kind of sleeping with other staff behind the scenes vulgarity. They genuinely believe he's brought the tone of Booty Academy down. He's brought it into disrepute, and they boot him off the show. He's already lost this job, which, to be fair, he maybe didn't want anyway. uh, We see Bojack packing his car at the set, and uh, Miles catches up with him, says that if Bojack wants it to stop dating Hollyhock, they could work out a deal. Oh, my God, he was a dick all along. Um, Miles gives him, and this is great, gives him a sh- screenplay about an intern who wants to be a writer. He thinks it's really got legs and he gives it to Bojack on the, uh, the basis that uh, he'll stop talking to Hollyhock if Bojack could just give it to an agent put it in front of somebody, something like that um, yeah, cashing out the man's daughter in all of 10 seconds. At the last opportunity Bojack was probably never going to see him again as he drove away from that set. So he takes that last opportunity to do that, to further his opportunity with this terrible script um, not that it makes Bojack's lecturing of Hollyhock the right thing but I just thought it was interesting that Hollywood and the males of Hollywood just cannot help themselves being the males of Hollywood um, or indeed the miles of Hollywood. Um, <laughs> before we get Bojack's response, this is interesting. So Bojack's left with the uh, choice of what to do. Uh, the scene kind of hangs on whether or not Bojack's going to accept the script or not. It actually cuts to him reporting back what had happened to Diane with Miles and. Um, that he was an arsehole all along. And um, she's still getting massage. she's back at the same place. Um, but Bojack's actually pretty dejected about this. He wanted to be wrong about Miles. He believed in what he was saying, but he hoped against his hope that Miles was one of the good ones. Um, Bojack says he's actually not gonna tell Hollyhock about that interaction between the two. Um, and Diane seems halfway to suggesting something else, maybe about telling her the truth on both sides. But again, she gets totally lost in the massage, so the advice never quite makes it out. Um, Bojack gets home to find Hollyhock sat in the dark in his house, flicking channels at a really rapid rate, not stopping long enough. We can't hear more than a split second of everything on the TV uh, as we see Hollyhock just staring at the screen. Um, it's quite late. Beatrice is obviously off to bed. Um, she's They kind of have a conversation where the gist is that Bojack admits at least that he was getting a little bit jealous of Miles taking up a time. Um, but she knows that he's not actually been in touch with her today. So the fix is in. Just because Bojack's not going to tell Hollyhock that this is what's gone down, it doesn't mean he hasn't taken the deal anyway. Again, he still can't do right with doing a fairly hefty slab of wrong. Um, she then puts it on herself. She says, quote, I might have scared him off. Do you ever get that feeling, uh... That like, to know you more is to love you less. He responds, quote, Hollyhock, you are an amazing woman and you should never settle for somebody who only loves the idea of you. You're funny, kind and clever. And she interrupts. Am I also pretty? And then he stops and says, what do you want me to say? Obviously, I obviously I think you're beautiful, Um, which, you know, is sort of a fatherly answer, I guess. She responds, we don't have to go overboard. And she seems quite touched by him going to the lens to call her beautiful, just beyond just kind of like giving her the empty kind of vacuous comment and saying, yes, you're pretty. Um, Bojack looking for that last quick fix, offers her a trip out for ice cream, which she rejects, then pizza, which she also rejects, um, before simply saying she's just not hungry. It's at that point she continues mindlessly flicking the channels uh, as Bojack sort of stares at the same screen with her. We get the longest pregnant pause in recent memory on the show before mm. hitting the credits. No words, no extra. Just lots of flick, 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 flick. Noise, 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 noise. Credits.
2: Everything looks fine, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> right? Everyone had a good time. That was, you, know, yeah. that,
3: you must be able to read my part to the screen because that was my last note on that plot.
2: Every, everything it's,
3: turned out fine.
2: Everything's great and everything's fine and smooth. <laughs> uh, the only thing really, I'll, I know we have Obviously, have more to get on to. My only last takeaway there is that I guess it's a shame because Bojack almost gets it right. Not obviously doesn't get it right. That's not what I mean. Mm. His final delivery is about as close to being the correct dad-like response that he could possibly give. Yeah. Uh, it's way too late, obviously, but it still does have the effect. You know, it still works. Mm. Um, but then you kind of were well, left with that feeling that the damage might already be done here in terms of mm. like how this whole day or a couple of days has impacted hollyhock in general
3: yeah it's i mean I, I personally took from this as well this ending like bojack there's one point in the episode i think when he's talking to diane where he's going back over the blob thing this blob thing is such a big comment he's like, i'm a blob and obviously he's missing the point of why that doesn't yeah. particularly matter yeah. but again him bringing food back as a first way to provide that fix Um, I mean, I get it. I get it. I live it as I like turn to the side and see the biscuits that I've been. You were me
2: both, my (laughs) friends.
3: Before we started recording, like I would probably turn to ice cream or pizza, too. And I just thought it was interesting that she would reject those having gone through this very specific experience. Um, Maybe she acknowledges that BoJack is a blob and maybe she sees something in relying on food that she doesn't want to. And maybe this whole experience has left her. This is far from a fixed relationship with food. It's just a different one. It's an equally negative yeah. one. You can eat, yeah. sort of. You can eat to heal, but you can starve yourself to try and do the same, and neither are the way to go.
2: Yeah, couldn't agree more. There's definitely a worry there, isn't there? That whatever the, the way this whole day or the last couple of days have gone, mm. there's a there's like a, a classic bojack of leaving a mark on somebody, which uh, <laughs> they didn't perhaps have at the start of the episode.
3: Mm. It was um, what I did quite like about this. Uh, We sort of touched upon this before we started recording. Uh, Felicity Huffman's Beauty Academy was a big old gag. And it was ultimately (laughs) saved for just a piss funny cold open. Good intro, good closer, and that was it. It was strictly wraparound content. But really, really strong wraparound content.
2: Yeah, it was weird how they made it. Like, we said before this that we thought maybe, I remember thinking this whole episode was going to be like structured like, uh, Hollywood stars and celebrities what do they know do they know mm-hmm. things the episode where we got the full show from start to yeah. finish obviously we don't get that but we do get enough to kind of to be uh, a guiding narrative but it doesn't overtake the whole episode does it and it provides no. that kind of nice middle ground for some uh some comic relief while also really kind of filtering into the the narrative that we're talking about with Hollyhock in just a very different way the objectifying of women in a different way oh
3: yeah, it's not at all divorced from the the topics they're tackling, is yeah. it? Um, maybe it is. Felicity Huffman's future leaders of America, after all. <laughs> maybe, maybe she got the all- show she
2: wanted. Also, just a quick note there, and I love that. That's that's how that's how this works in Hollywood. She wanted this one thing, and she still wanted. She wanted a show. That was the end goal. That was it. The last thing she wanted, just a yeah. show for herself. She had high aspirations, and eventually, Hollywood, the men of Hollywood, undoubtedly chipped away at, her, chipped away at her until she got the most basic version of whatever her show was going to be that she doesn't really want, but it's got her name on. So there you go. Is that a win? Is that a win? I don't know. You tell me.
3: I feel like she'd probably take it right now, wouldn't she? That's what
2: housewives can't be.
3: Choose us, Michael. <laughs> um, let's go to Princess Carolyn next, if I may. Um, her and Ralph and Stefani are going to Stilton Acres, the uh, the rich home of the Stilton family. Of course, they're the, uh, the owner of the Stilton hotels. Um, Ralph mentions while they're in the car that they're going for a big family celebration. Um, It's called the Feast of Saint Squeaky. It's a rather holy occasion for them. It sort of feels like a Thanksgiving-y, type thing. Um, He does warn Princess Carolyn that his folks can be quite hard work around the holidays uh, and asks that they don't mention Filbert, the baby, of course, that Princess Carolyn is currently pregnant with, until the parents themselves have grown to know and love her, but Princess Carolyn feels supremely confident that that'll be the case. They pull up at the grounds, and it's as luxurious as you can imagine. It's a huge mansion fountain in the middle. Um, Ralph's parents are enthusiastic about meeting Princess Carolyn, but very full-on as hosts. Um, Tremendous gag here. So again, the only seed that's really been planted with us, the viewer, is that Princess Carolyn can't tell the parents that she's pregnant. Um, So after meeting Ralph's uh, brother, Sissy, his wife's Missy, and his uh, boys, Tweeds, Nantucket, and Loophole, um, We've learned already that there's a certain method and a rule book to having children as part of this family. She is then offered a cocktail, which she of course has to politely decline. Uh, So then Ralph dad pushes further and offers her wine, then beer, then she has to reject very caffeinated coffee, raw shellfish, (laughs) cigarettes, passive smoking, cocaine, some punches in the belly. (laughs) And last but definitely not least, a ride in their private roller coaster, which the camera pulls out to reveal is built onto the side of the building, like that um, casino in Las Vegas. Yeah. You just see it coming out of the house and going <laughs> back and again. <laughs> but this kind of has to knock all these things back. And understandably, the parents are starting to get a little bit pissed off as to why. Ralph intervenes just before she was about to break and tell him the news because she was just sick of having to say, no, 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 no. Uh, the punch in the belly. Unbelievable like where that Brilliant. one came from when they're going down the list of things that ideally shouldn't pregnant women shouldn't engage in.
2: A punch in the belly to remind you how, how, how it is to feel alive. And she's like, oh, it's a rich <laughs> person thing.
3: It's a rich person thing. <laughs> oh dear. The uh, the family are having a, a sense squeaky day celebration. They're all gathered around the table. Um and I'll let you go into the details of some of this a bit later on. Um, but the feast, I'll do the short version basically involves uh saint squeaky uh, destroying a cat and um, which the entire family mocks um they mock and it's not just the one cat from the story it's all cats and you know the ceremonial ears and the bully while princess carol in the room is is a bit full-on but this is the first time in a long time we've been reminded that the cat and the mouse are mortal enemies it's the thing that was a point of reference on PC and Ralph's very first date together and now, unfortunately, those chickens are coming home to Ruth. Um, the family are mocking cats, deriding cats and then one gets stabbed in the chest in the middle of the table, in front of Princess Carolyn. In an, uh, act,
2: Ralph, point out? In an act, not, in not an actual sure, cat that gets made on the a table. Ceremony,
3: a ceremonial cat is stabbed in the ceremonial chest with the ceremonial sword. Um, but that's an awful lot of ceremony for one cat to take. Um, Ralph hasn't really stuck up for a and he looks around to try and like justify what's going on, but she's disappeared. She's gone off to bed. Um, we cut back to some later on the episode, and um Princess Carolyn's kind of like asking for a little bit of help, a little bit of a lifeline here. Um, and he says, Ralph says, uh, well, what am I supposed to do then? My family. And then Princess Caroline asks, Well, yeah, well, then what are me and Philbert? And they kind of find themselves as a bit of an impasse there. Um, but luckily, it's again, all things are just fine, Nicholas. Maybe that's a running thing. So everything is totally fine because the last scene is really, really quite sweet. Um, they're about to leave. Um, they've had their, what is a, what we think is about a week um, at Stilton Acres. And uh, Ralph's parents are polite, but as Princess caroline has got in the car, are very dismissive about her. Um, it's a mother in particular is quite dismissive about Princess Caroline to Ralph. Um, she was fine for a week, but the next girlfriend should be, you know, sort of more inclined to get involved in celebrations, get involved in the way the family do things. Ralph stops there. He says, there's not going to be a next time. Uh, he sticks up for her. He says he loves her and they couldn't be happier. We don't see the parents' reaction because while this, like, sort of rant from Ralph is going on, the camera has, in fact, cut to Princess Carolyn, who is in the car. We can hear it happening and we see the, we see the reaction through Princess Carolyn rather than just seeing whatever the parents are shocked. It's really quite sweet. This. He's made earnestly and correctly the right call at the right time. A nice moment for Ralph and Princess Carolyn.
2: Yeah, and I love the way they have the camera focusing on her as she lights up, big smile on her face because she realises in an episode where Ralph hasn't exactly covered himself in glory, has he, truth be told? Like, he's done a a multitude of things throughout this episode where he he makes this noise where he goes like, oh, like it's like something bad's happened, but it's his fault. Like, he hasn't thought ahead of how this could upset Princess Carolyn. multiple occasions and especially the one in the in the when they're in the bedroom as you mentioned there the family quip and he's like yeah but they're my family well yeah so am i like Mm -hmm. and he's it kind of fits in with the narrative we've been picking out for a while about uh ralph where it's like you aren't uh, you're not actually a great a great person really are you ralph Uh, uh, there's a lot of things to suggest underneath a lot of his kindness Mm. that he's got a lot of um He's got the blinkers very similar to Borjaks in a way, where he's very much about about the Stilton first, and then after that, whatever.
3: Yeah, it's. I think that's it. I think that's precisely it. The we're, What we're referencing there for anybody that might have skipped any of the, the conversations we've had on Ralph, there's a certain element of possessiveness um, about wanting Princess Carly to himself, which he kind of dresses in concern for her safety um, when mm-hmm. she has said that she needs no such concern and about her gradually scaling back her career aspirations, and whereas she seems to want to try and have both and have, you know, quote-unquote, have everything. Um, he's less keen on that, and all that appears to be tied, probably to the silver spoon upbringing he's had, the relative simplicity that his entire life has been because of him being an heir of the Stilton family fortune. And yeah, just little echoes of that here. But comes good by the end. So again, it's that same sort of, i wouldn't go as far as to call it bittersweet it's certainly more sweet than bitter but um another ending for the characters here where things are just okay but you can almost see the dot 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 for now that follows for now. that synoptic.
2: yeah yeah very much so for now this will be okay
3: mm. uh i feel like i've saved the best for last maybe here diane peanut butter and todd um Peterborough and Diane are living out of a luxury hotel. That's why Diane's having all the massages. Of course, the house is still underground um, from the last episode with the fracking disaster, so they'll be there for the time being. Um, she's having a massage in the room, and they're kind of like, they're not exactly living their best life, but Mr. Peterborough errantly notes: oh, this is why uh, there's so many homeless people, because they just want to live in hotels like this. Oh, <laughs> okay. This is the first case of the massage that trumping Diane's uh, as Bojack would say, being Diani because she goes to correct him, and then the massage is too good, so she just gives up. She's just having quite a nice time. Um, Katrina calls anyway. She um she calls to get his sign off on this massive new uh, office space that she's found for his uh, his new campaign control center. Obviously, because they can no longer operate out of his kitchen, which is where he was before. Campaigns getting bigger now, anyway. So it's this like incredible. Looks like it's on like the fiftieth floor of this like glass nice building. Um, and she all oh, she needs is a sign off, and he gives her the yes. Um, so she signs that off, uh, and then he's got some news for her. He's dropping out the race. Uh, <laughs> Katrina yeah. is absolutely, uh, understandably so, raging about this. Uh, utterly fuming. Mr Peanut Butter uh, drops out in good faith. At least he notes that he was kind of never built to be a governor. The the fracking and the underground situation taught him that maybe, you know, he's not best for this job, and that Woodchuck most definitely is. Um, but uh, this is, of course, is when Katrina just lets all the shit loose. Um what we already knew all along. She was only doing this because lobbyists were paying her too. They wanted yeah. some some putts, some patsy in the chair um, so that they could get what they want. Um, uh, and he just doesn't seem to care. So he gets the joy of being able to sack her. Um, Diane calls, says, bye, Cruella. And she just replies, you idiot. I will end you. Um, like just. There's more to this. But the yeah, fine. Sounds great. Oh, by the way, I'm dropping out of the race fantastic Mr Butter, as thick as pig sh- gang. unbelievable one of the best
2: amazing because she literally says to him is there any reason why I shouldn't say <laughs> this why I shouldn't say this right now and he's like no I can't say I can't create any particular reason whatsoever
3: <laughs> I wonder you know if that's actually a reference to the fact that they used to be married is there any reason here why these two people should not be married yeah. back then Mr said, Well, I can't think of one and yeah, then I obviously things ended terribly between them um, he endorses Woodchuck that's the, the kind of the, the message here uh, he does an awful job of that at first he gets <laughs> to this speech trying to endorse him that he makes some sort of deluded point there um, because I support Woodchuck vote for me so the journalist is saying so should we vote for you and he's saying yes if you want to vote for Woodchuck Woodchuck has to say <laughs> and get this back under control um he notes that he's really glad to see the back of this needlessly divisive campaign that should have never begun to begin with um but he can't get his message across because he's got gorilla feet for hands um his hands (laughs) were crushed when they were underground when woodchuck was actually saving the day um but yeah, that's that's now undermining what remains of this campaign. But lucky for him, he's going to run unopposed. So everything's surely going to be fine. Um, Mr. Peanutbutt uh, is in the car with him as they're driving away from the, the little rally speech they've done. And he assumes wrongly that he's going to be part of the campaign. Um, they politely decline any involvement Mr. Peanutbutt at this point. Um, Woodchuck ultimately just says, the best thing that we can do, considering that you're a celebrity and you've kind of still got a little bit of this power with this, this strange power with the voter base is for you to just get out of politics altogether. Um, to which Mr. Butter rather forlorn looks to the side and says, doggy, doggy, what now? So he is a dog, a man without focus, again, a man without country. So that's kind of like it's going to tee up the rest of what he gets up to in this episode, which is to meet with Todd to see what's next for PB Living. Todd is uh, very literally living at uh, Princess Carolyn's old place, sleeping on the sofa. As we mentioned in Underground, uh, Princess Carolyn never sold the place when she moved in with Ralph, so it's free there for Todd to live with currently. Um, There's a great pull-out and reveal to show that they've dragged along Oxnard, their long-suffering accountant. Um, (laughs) Brilliantly lulled. Uh, on false pretenses when Peter Butter told uh, Oxnard that they were coming to do an intervention for Todd because he has so many <laughs> bad ideas because that was the only way that he needed to be able to get him along. Oxnard brilliantly wonderfully voiced by uh, Jake Johnson from the New Girl, uh, always exasperated, always living his worst life when he's with these clowns yeah. that are going to cost him and themselves an absolute bloody fortune and they're about to do it again Nicholas because hey, Todd... Hey. Todd has devised clown dentists as a solution to get uh, kids to go to the dentist, to make the dentist more fun for kids. There's an absolutely incredible gag here. Um, I don't know if this is an RBW kink. I don't know if this is just a writer's idea, but consider the entire clown industry full of bullet holes because the dialogue shoots hard on clowns here. Every character knows that well, adults hate clowns, so <laughs> clowns must be for kids, right? At which point Oxnard interjects to say, as somebody that has kids, let me <laughs> tell you, my kids hate clowns, and peanut butter is just perplexed to that. But kids can't hate clowns, can they? So the gist is that clowns are awful, nobody likes them, there's no purpose to them whatsoever, I've just pictured a legit Clown, a working clown in Hollywood watching his favorite show Bojack, and then becoming the figure of a sad clown in a mirror, having his entire industry and his things that you can go to college for, his entire trade just ripped to shreds by the scene. Um <laughs> I just I, I want your thoughts on this, genuinely, just briefly. Todd and peanut Butter resolve to hire clowns and dentists and get them to train each other. Because it's smart, just have one smart <laughs> the money. Uh Oxnard is exasperated and on we go. What? And this was totally our
2: left field. I love it when this happens, when they've got now, in fairness, I don't disagree with any of this. Like, because no, this is no disrespect to all of our clown listeners as well. Uh, and I know we do have a strong <laughs> clown community, but <laughs> I just think like it's not incorrect at all. Certainly not in my boot Anyway, I can only talk about myself, yeah. And in my world, that is pretty legit. Who are they for? And 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 what? Like, <laughs> what, what what purpose do they serve, other than other than probably putting a lot of people in the therapist chairs later on in life? Um, but don't worry, Michael, because if you are, if any of our clown listeners are listening and have felt really affected by this and eventually effectively been turned into a watering can by RBW and all of the holes that he's left in them they can just take up dentistry as we've learned it's not that it's not that complicated at all at least in the profession of dentistry you'll be paid highly and people will need to go to you rather than need to run away from you and not understand what your purpose in life is
3: it's just I mean you know in terms of dentistry we all we can call it what it is it's just always nice to have a fallback. But, it is. Look oh, we're always good to have it, a fallback.
2: You know for a fact you you're gonna make a go of it at, at clown school. And if that doesn't work, you can always just fall back in a dentistry, as we yeah. all could. The nice, easy that's option. It, that's <laughs> it. We
3: uh the episode, like, obviously goes on a lot of divergent paths, but kind of leaves this alone for a little bit. Um, and it comes back to, right towards the end of the episode, actually. We're back to uh, Mr. Butter and Diane's room. Uh, Diane is ultra chilled from all the massage she's had, because obviously it wasn't just the one at the start. It's every time that BoJack went back to her. Every time we've seen Diane, she's been horizontal on the chair getting a massage. So she comes out and she's super relaxed, until a zoom out reveals <laughs> this deranged, psychotic sight of a series of dentist clowns and clown dentists and you know there is a different and the listeners don't need me to patronise them to explain what it oh, is so I'm not going to bother. They're everywhere the music is that like circus of horrors yeah. uh, sort of backing track uh, Diane is absolutely horrified Peanut Butter just tells her to ignore it and I don't know
2: if this just like, Ignore it out. by the way <laughs>
3: just, ignore <laughs> it. just ignore it I don't know if this like speaks how weathered she is by this marriage but she does Um, They put on the news and uh, they're watching um, Tom Gumbo Jumbo, uh, who is reporting a big story. Um, Jessica Beale is going to run against uh, Woodchuck. He's not going to run unopposed after all. Um, And then worse still, she's got Katrina by her side. Katrina, of course, threatened to end Peanut Butter and will do so. It's now both ex-wives of Mr Peanut Butter working to do the job that he decided he didn't want to do. Um having seen this peanut butter resolved, perhaps again, still looking maybe for a little bit of purpose, almost as if the clown dentists and dentist clowns didn't quite do it for, uh, realizes that it's a missing part, um, a missing weapon in Woodchuck's arsenal to not have somebody that understands the cult of celebrity. and um, the votes that he was going to get, despite not knowing a thing about governance will very possibly now go to Jessica Beale. Um, actually quite prescient of, uh, of Mr. Peanut Butter in light of the presidency that would just come to an end of in the real timeline, uh, <laughs> It's just it's he kind of he spotted something there, and it's uh, it's something that he believes he can offer to Woodchuck's campaign. So um, this arc ends with him visiting Woodchuck in hospital. Why is Woodchuck in hospital? It's because his gorilla feet have finally been replaced. Hey, with lobster claws. Oh, oh. <laughs> as if to um, I don't know how to put this. As if to undermine the offer before the offer's even been made. Mr. Peanut Butter arrives at Peanut Butter's bedside in a clown car where several of the clown dentists and dentist clowns burst out of this tiny car. There's noises, there's beeping, there's inking faces, there's everything everywhere. But Mr. Peanut Butter insists um, to the lobster handed, weakened Woodchuck that he does actually need him as hand pay, uh, on his campaign. Uh, woodchuck agrees begrudgingly, thinks there might be um, some value to it. Uh, they're going to get together, they're going to beat Jessica Beale. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I gas back in the clown car with all the other clown dentists and dentist clowns and the car reverses out the room through a hole in the wall inches away from the floor <laughs> to which Bunchuk says I'm already regretting this after four seconds
2: oh god
3: uh, I, I'm, I'm understating the amount of noise and colour and yeah. stress That is going on throughout all of this. Uh, Well, uh, get the beep. It's a fucking circus.
2: (laughs) But no clause for concern, Michael. Everything's (laughs) going to be fine. It's all going to be fine. Under the sea. (laughs) It's all going to be fine. Yes, I mean, that's brilliant, isn't it? The car going through the wall, literally smashing through the wall, (laughs) leaving a huge, (laughs) well, I say a huge, a miniature clown car-sized hole. In a in a wall just next to a door. I mean, that's if that doesn't give you the kind of c co- fill you with the kind of confidence that Peanut Butter as help on this campaign is going to provide, then I don't know what will because I mean <laughs> the guy's a professional, he knows what he's doing.
3: <laughs> just um again, like the a kind of it's a theme that I didn't pick up on until we've sat and reviewed this episode. But it's again, um, this was the most comedic one and the most on the nose of the three. Yeah. But it's this idea of um happy endings. Yeah, yeah there's always you know, a file in the cake or whatever. It You know, it's it's always sort of, it's always laced with something, isn't it? And that's what we had here. We had three theoretically happy endings and we all, as viewers at this point, know much better than that.
2: Yeah. And we had three, three really, really stupid men in Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood, pardon me. It's been a while. Um, Three stupid men in Hollywood piss farting their way through life and just ultimately getting... A happy ending? Question mark. Like, <laughs> like they got there in that little clown car or that stupid horse wears or the Ralph Stilton cheesy bullshit. But ultimately, it's like we got there. But is it? Did we get there all right? I don't know. I, we, Where did we get? Where did we I, get? I guess we'll find out next time. <laughs> like for now, you got it right before with the for now dot 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 mm-hmm. for now at the end of this episode, I think. But assuming that is the end of your that is de- us analysis in this episode for the first time in 2021 shall we go back and do some horsing around the part of the show where we go right back to the beginning of the episode and we go through everything and all of the hidden meanings behind little jokes you might have missed, uh, small details within the episode or just a few easter eggs that were lurking in the background that you might not have caught throughout this episode because there was a lot going on yeah wasn't there, Mm. there was a lot going on back to the beginning then to the very beginning, on the streets of L.A., Michael Havlis. Uh, We go past a bunch of shops as Bojack and um, Hollyhock are driving down the street. We go past a guy who's holding the sign. He's holding the sign for YouTube star maps, Michael. He's got all the maps for the YouTube stars. So maybe, who knows, you might have been out there if you play your cards right. Um, as they drive past a store that is called Wiener Dog Secret Shop. <laughs> <laughs> Which will allow you to buy, sell, or trade. So, if you do have anything you want to buy, sell, or trade regarding wieners, let me know. <laughs> I, can, I, I don't know. I can, I can hook you up. There's a few more stores along the way as well. There's greatly, a, a greatly, an expertly named store called Mama Said There'd Be Days Like This. Nice. <laughs> um, nice. Which is actually, Michael, a shop that can offer you expert bail bonds as well, just in case. Huh. Because there will be days like this. There's also a hairdresser called Pony Up Hair Design. Very good. <laughs> and on top of that, there was also LA Eye I, I Works, which is like a uh, Lima with glasses on. I'm assuming it's not op, an optometrist. Uh, but there you go. Just a bunch of things. Whizzing past as they were going by in the car. We go across to the set of uh, FHBA, Michael, or Felicity Huffman's Booty Academy, when he was paying attention. Brilliant uh, T-shirt, yeah. I can't remember if it's already appeared in this episode, but I do love it when they give a, a new T-shirt appears on a certain member of a uh, crew or whatever. Mm. We've got the Ziggy Stardust T-shirt, but of course it was the horse face instead oh, of I love that one.
3: Love the it. David
2: Bowie face. It's such a great T-shirt. I would love mm. that one in real life. Um, brilliant. Keep an eye out for that. Excellent stuff. Also, Michael working on set was Deborah, who of course lost her face many moons ago <laughs> on the set of Secretariat. She was back and she's got herself another job working in Hollywood. There's also in the background a mosquito. I think it's a mosquito. It's a it's a bug with a what do you call that? It's, what is it? a on a mosquito. It's not our, trunk was the word I used tentatively, it's that, not the bit that sucks the blood. Yeah, what's yeah, that called? I I call that it it says I've written trunk or sucker but I don't think either of those was, are correct I was thinking who thoughts, did? thoughts on a postcard, on a postcode on a postcard oh god it's all going out of out of hill off the hill <laughs> <laughs> thoughts on a postcard at podcast horseman if you're cleverer than what we are because we apparently we are haven't, stupid
0: we haven't the
2: gag is anyway, any, that it was drinking a coffee through its sucker there you go it was great it was really funny uh, <laughs> Another crew member goes by. It's an ostrich who is a boom mic operator who has got the cord of the boom mic wrapped around its long neck. So, of course, Michael, safety first because you can't have people tripping over the wire. Um, there's also, brilliantly, uh, while well, the contestants are doing the promos, the uh, Tasha, who, of course, is one of them who ends up getting kicked out of the Booty Academy, she does her promo. And in the background, there's a trophy she has that's full of champagne bottles and grapes that's just labelled Classy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why she got rid. She got rid on a show where they're trying to promote strong female positivity. I don't know. Who knows? We go, we have the credits and then we go back, and I just thought it was great. Same mix a lot saying obviously when they're asking him why he's one of the, <laughs> the judges, he says, Well, it's because I'm an honest and impartial judge. if there's one thing I'm famous for, it's that I cannot lie. Of course, what else would he have be been famous for, Michael? Who knows? Another brilliant little pop for me here, and this one is Bojack going through the list of things as he's trying to question, are you sure this isn't just a show about uh, rating people's booties? He says, well, what about the the Badonka Donka Dobsticle course? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even want to know what that is, but I think you can probably paint a picture in your head. We go to the car that Ralph Stilton is driving, which happens to be his car, Michael, as they're on their way to the Stilton Acres estate. And his uh, registration plate, because you know, Michael, what does he do for a living? He works in the card industry. His registration is card man on the car, ah. because that's, that's what he does. He does the cards, and he's a man. <laughs> Incredible stuff. <laughs> uh, we also go to Katrina at the office space, as you mentioned. She was getting the new office space for peanut butter. Um, she's working with a realty agency who are called Slothby's International Realty, which is, of course, a nod to Sotheby's or Sotheby's uh, mm. in America the realty agency, and I also thought it was great, because we've kind of mentioned the similarities, but for it finally to be um, brought to light in canon, not in the episode, uh, Diane down the phone calling um, Katrina Cruella, by Cruella she says down the yeah. phone, I just love the fact that it's finally kind of been acknowledged, she's always had the uh, Dalmatian scarf kind of thing on her yeah, jacket,
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. and obviously the hair and everything, the look mm. is there, and finally it's been acknowledged, which I like, um, oh my god, and she hates dogs. She hates dogs. How have you never seen that before? Come on, come okay. on! God damn it, Michael!
3: God damn it, Mr. Peanut Butter! It. Yeah, That's why she couldn't stay married to a dog. Yeah.
2: Well, this is an expert podcast on Bojack <laughs> Horseman, <laughs> so you know, keep the bar high, my friend. <laughs> we go across the. Stilton I, left out, I
3: left out my note in the uh, synopsis, by the way. Bojack, guys, is a horse. <laughs>
2: 101 exclamations on this podcast. <laughs> all of them are from me in a frantic, state. Anyway, Stilton here, guys, we've gone to. We've got some names to rattle off for you here now. There's a bunch of mice who um, who Princess Carolyn meets, who are all the relatives of uh, Ralph Stilton. We get them, their mom, the dad, family, the kids, brothers and sisters, all sorts. They are named as follows. We have Poppy, we have Mimi, we have Sissy, Missy, and then the last three who are the best, I think, tweeds nantucket and loophole as you mentioned <laughs> whose names don't quite fit the rest of the mold you can kind of see the progression of the first four but maybe not the rest of them we did a bit of digging on this because they're rich aren't they? mm. and on we, not we we looked on reddit and there was one user who, who seemed to a, a theory i kind of like which is that they're named after th- after they realized they'd run out of like posh sounding upper class names i guess um, they kind of just went with things that they like, so like <laughs> or things that were associated, I guess, with with being rich. I guess tweed mm. clothing. Nan took it. I'll let you decide on there. And loophole, of course, potentially like well, tax loophole. Like what a rich <laughs> fine tax loopholes. I thought that was great. And even better, the loophole. The one character whose name really feels like the biggest sort of uh, left field name mm. is the one who's wearing. Todd's fashion. He's the one who's wearing the red hoodie and the yellow um and the yellow beanie. Of course, Todd now famous in the world of fashion and it seems
3: like so
2: it's so great. Every episode that gag so much. Medicine, And it's very consistent, and I do enjoy it. Uh, we go to Woodchucks Car now. and it's just I want to reiterate what you've already mentioned because it was such a great delivery. We've seen them do this with the what are you doing here line where they kind mm-hmm. of it, it make it new. But Mr. Peanut Butter's delivery. And obviously, Paul F. Tompkins of, so this chapter of my life is over.
1: <sighs>
2: doggy, doggy, what now? <laughs> it's just, it's so forlornly looking out that window. It was really, really great. Um, you have, of course, mentioned, and I can't not mention it, the brilliant push-up gag where Beatrice does like, all these push-ups just to sort of undermine BoJack. Despite the fact that this episode, she hasn't been able to barely walk, which is just <laughs> brilliant, brilliant stuff. And We go across to Todd's, technically Todd's new apartment, but Princess Karen's old apartment now. And there's an amazing gag outside, an exterior gag, just before we go into this uh, tabby wood, isn't it, the apartment's name. There's a frog outside with a bunch of shopping in its arm, and it's trying to cross the road, Michael. It's dodging all of the cars as it tries to cross the road very much like Frogger for anyone who ever played the game, where the frog came from one side of the road to the other. Wonderful stuff. Spoiler, the frog made it. No frogs were harmed in the making of this episode. (laughs) Uh, Inside the house, though, Todd is eating some crisps from a bag. He's eating, so they're meant to be Doritos, Michael, but instead they are Roritos. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess it's not like I was thinking of Cheetos there with the cheetah, but obviously I assume the mascot must be a lion. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You didn't quite say on the box, on the box, on the bag even. But speaking of boxes, there was a box in the apartment that was all taped up with a tape gun, presumably still to be taken away by Princess Carolyn. That was just labelled Assorted Yarn, <laughs> which I thought was quite <laughs> nice. I would have thought she would have taken that first, though, because that feels mm-hmm. like an important box to take. Um, but also, of course, peanut butter, who was having a great episode in terms of being an idiot and just delivering some funny stuff, (laughs) when Todd comes up with this quote-unquote great idea to uh, do the clown dentist, he says, somebody call the police department because you are on fire. (laughs) (laughs) At which point Oxnard, I think, is just about ready to jump off the balcony. He's fed up with these two clowns amongst a bunch of other clowns. (laughs) They are undoubtedly about to go and meet. We go back to Stilton Acres, um, and inside the Saint Squeaky Day f- um, festivities have begun. Mm. We see the big room where they're all having dinner. There's a massive banner across the top that reads "Blessed Saint Squeaky Day of Squeaky which made me, which made me think of Festivus from um, oh, yeah. from Seinfeld. It felt very like, very much like a wink and a nod there. Mm. Um, but we were gifted with the amazing song of um, the St. Squeety Day, which none of us wrote down, so I guess we'll just have to move on now, won't we? <laughs> oh, oh, I wouldn't do that to you. I would never do that to you. Uh, we did, of course, get all the lyrics from this wonderful song, uh, which goes a little something like this. Now, I have to be honest, I'm going to do it on the fly, and I can't remember what the actual rhythm of it was, hmm. but I guess that's part of the fun. We, uh, we don't always like to be completely on point here at Podcast Horseman. We sometimes just like to be pieces of shit. Anyway, the song is as follows. <clears throat> it goes... Look at me, I'm a dumb cat king, I'm an ugly, mean, fat thing. Innocent mice will feel my wrath, I'm a stinky cat who never takes a bath. (laughs) I'm positively evil, I'm nasty and I'm smelly. So I'll take my sword and stab you in the belly. At which point, of course, the cat is poor cat actor is murdered on the table and all the confetti coming out of him like <laughs> I thought it was amazing. But there you go, a nice rendition there. Probably nothing like the original. Very, random. Very nice. Yeah, that you didn't get something unique on this episode mm-hmm. of Podcast Awesome this week. We go across to from the dining hall or wherever this room is, and in Stilton Acres, we go across to Ralph and PC's bedroom for the day mm. of the week. And on the wall, you will see a painting. Uh, we love our paintings and they love their paintings in, in Bojack Horseman. It's a mouse in a dress on the wall, like a black dress, and it's a, I assume it's a female mouse in this white. It looks very stunning to say the least. Uh, and the structure and the composition of it is all based off an original painting by, called Madam X, which is a painting by John Singer Sargent. And the, the composition you'll see is very similar. Um, that's a very nice pain, truth be told mm. go check that out if you're into that kind of thing you mentioned the hotel numerous times in this episode, we now go across to the hotel for some more stuff it was of course Michael, a return we've been there before, it was the Hotel Kanga Roosevelt, which you may recall in oh, yes, uh, yeah. previous seasons, um, where Bojack has stayed and Todd I believe is the one where Todd get lost in the corridors I think in season mm. three, maybe, um, but we're back there and um brilliant stuff going on here as you mentioned bojack and diana talking outside as she's getting a massage we're in this like a swimming pool area there's like people on sunbeds, and one of the people who's like lying down on a sun lounge sun lounge sun lounger is uh, a lizard who's just tanning it up michael and later on as we see the lizard just normal color but later on as we go like back and forth between it. The lizard goes from being normal colour to being like bright red, like lizard. (laughs) Out in the sun way too long. We don't actually get to see if it ever sheds its skin, but you can assume that will probably be on the way. Um, On top of that, just have to give a nod to my favourite gag. I think in the episode. (laughs) Bojack trying to recover from calling his daughter a blob. Um, (laughs) When Diane says, just never, you shouldn't call women a blob. He's like, I'm a blob. I'm a blob, and he's like, and maybe what happens if what happens if I make friends with someone like whose <laughs> name is Barbara Lob, and and I call her B Lob for short. <laughs> it's so stupid, this, but it's typical Jack. He could just accept he's done something wrong, but instead of that, he's going to try and dig his way through it. Absolutely magnificent that B Lob for short, which isn't even blob, which is the worst part about it. <laughs> anyway. We go across to uh, Peanut Butter and Diane's hotel room from the outdoor bit, and we go inside there. And of course, all of the clown dentists have sort of congregated <laughs> in there. And um, there's there's a lot of take up from them. Not not much like in terms of hidden meanings or anything. But one of the clowns, Michael, who is called Jennifer Picarello DDS, as we find out later on, it's the mm. uh, female clown with the glasses and the ponytail and all that. Is it just me, or does she bear a striking look and resemblance to Scarlett Johansson? There's like a real right. egg. The voice, if you listen to the voice, the voice is very similar, and the look, even the look of the character is very, it looks almost like okay. what I would imagine if Scarlett Johansson existed in this world. But I have absolutely no idea why. I don't know why it's like that. It's never mentioned, it's never touched upon, uh, but Something for our listeners to maybe look out for. And if you yeah. have any ideas about that, at Podcast Horseman, let us know. I can't wait for someone to point out the obvious like she was in Patch Adams or something like that. <laughs> I don't think the timeline's work for that. But still, who knows? Let us know if you have any thoughts. We cut across to MSNBC now, Michael. Another uh, callback to a previous episode. First things, though, before I get ahead of myself, the headlines, let's read them out that were on MSNBC. The one mm-hmm. that says... It's got a picture of Woodchuck Kudchuk Berkowitz on the screen after peanut butter drops out of the race, and it says that he is unbeatable, is the quote. And it's a picture of him there with his gorilla feet for hands. (laughs) I couldn't decide about this, but I think, is that a gag? Is it a gag that he has gorilla feet and not gorilla hands, and their ergo could not beat his gorilla chest?
3: That's really good. Either
2: that. that, Michael, or it's something rude about not being able to beat because he doesn't have the right hand. I'll look, this isn't a PG podcast, <laughs> it may have a character called PC, but hey, sometimes you've just got to say what comes to your head, you know what I mean?
3: You can't spank his monkey because gorillas are primates.
2: <laughs> well, and I thought I'd gone down in the Maya, and then you've come with me. So, oh, that sounds filthy, doesn't it? <laughs> Let's move swiftly on to our next point. Oh no,
3: the houses that we're recording have dropped underground, it must be for all the fracking. <laughs>
2: Oh, no. Frack me, Mr. Peter (laughs) Butter. Oh, my God. How did it get so bad? Well, it's only going to get worse because the other headline that it changes to when we find out that Jessica Biel is going to be challenging Woodchuck Berkowitz, whatever the hell his name is, is unbeatable. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it does. But it's such a good pun, Michael. There's only one person who could have come up with that pun. It is, of course, Randy, who works backstage (laughs) Tom Gumbo Jumbo is so excited about this pun that he realises it means that Randy must be back. Because if anyone can remember, back in Season 4, Episode 3, Randy took a bit of a turn. He passed mm-hmm. out on his keyboard, and that was a real health scare for Randy. But it seems like he's back. Tom is really glad to see him, which is nice, because we know those two often butt heads, don't they? It's not, yeah. always, um, it's not always rainbows and butterflies with those two. But he seems very happy to see Randy back. And I have to say, me too. I always yeah. love the presence of Randy. Um, another pun, though, that maybe wasn't so great was coming out of Jessica Beale's mouth when she said that she's a candidate you can Jessica leave in. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just so stupid. It's so stupid. But, hey, we love it. Brilliant. We love it, nonetheless. That is brilliant. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> Speaking of uh, so stupid, we go across to the St. Bernard Medical Center where Woodcut could chug- oh, I'm giving up on his name now. Woody, I'm going to call him from now on. <laughs> Uh, is getting his hands changed, Michael. Woodchuck's hands are being changed. He's had his tra- hand transplant. He's now got claws, which is the next best thing, I guess. Closer mm-hmm. to having hands. <laughs> someone has very kindly bought him a balloon, Michael, and has put it in the corner of the room for him. And the balloon used to read, get well soon, but someone stuck a sticker across the well, so now it says, get hands soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's another stupid one, but it's another great one. Oh. And finally, this isn't even a gag. This just hit just hit me like a ton of hammers. Um, Bojack, we we'll go to Bojack's house. He and Hollyhock are having a conversation, and you, of course, mentioned it. Where she drops the quote: "Do you ever get that feeling that like to know you more is to love you less?" Mm-hmm. Oof, it got me good that one. Uh, not not for me, Jeff. As whenever people know me more, they love me more. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, there you go. Like we'll, we'll end on a bit of a somber note there for this one, in particular, the horse and around section, certainly, in this episode. Um, that's all for this one. But it is 2021. The years have changed, but our habits have not. And, as always, there is still time, I believe, for one last thing. And then I swear to God, we will shut up about this podcast forever. Now, I know, dear readers and listeners and whatever the hell else you are, Michael Hamford didn't have a one before this episode started. Have you found one?
3: I do. Oh um, I, he's
2: I Like him. me. But he found one.
3: Like me, it's thick as pig shit. So I would <laughs> like to go first to get out of the way because yours is going to be far worthier. Because mine's really silly. Well, um, mate, don't worry, don't
2: worry.
3: <laughs> because what is this, Nicholas? A crossover episode. Well <laughs> What? Well on it, of course. Um, fame not just for BoJack Horseman, but for a lot of other things, but especially beloved to us is the rest of development. Um, and I'm going to go to Job for just a split second um, to tie the two shows together, to tie this particular episode together, and to indeed tie what BoJack was doing in this episode to my one last thing. Um, Job with Franklin, when he puts the uh, voice recording from the magazine into Franklin's body. So every time Franklin opens his mouth, <laughs> what does he say? My name is
2: George. <laughs> because he's a judge. Oh, God. How did I not see that? <laughs> How on earth did I not see that? <laughs> you know, My name is thing. George. You are like a diamond under pressure. You <laughs> have formed this beautiful shiny thing. Never fails that. The old, well, we'll see what happens. But one week it's going <laughs> now. One week it's going now. Anyway, I can't top that, but I can give you mine, at least. I just thought it was great, this. And I will also preface this by dragging some crack from another show, much say like you've done. I've been watching a lot of uh, The Sopranos recently. Mm-hmm. I'm on to the final season. It's all getting very exciting. And Tony just dropped a line uh, in there. Now, I will say this now. Spoiler. It's not a big line, but it's just he talks, he's talking to a psychiatrist, Dr. Melty, of course, where he kind of says he's been in there so long now that he started to, that he knows what the subconscious is and how it works, and that's the mm-hmm. kind of line he dropped. And I just thought that applied nice and neatly to this little thing we get at the Stilton Acres. Uh, now, earlier in the episode, if you recall, mm-hmm. Princess Carolyn is offered lots of things by the Stilton father, uh, Poppy, uh, a bunch of a of bunch A bunch of things, but on top of all of them was one of them was he dragged the worker who works for them from the house, right? Into the shot who was a shellfish. (laughs) And he says, Would you like some raw shellfish? Like this man is prepared to feed his worker (laughs) to Princess Carolyn, the groundskeeper for his house to Princess Carolyn. Just why? Just because he can't. Because he's rich. (laughs) This is ridiculous. This was ridiculous elitism at its finest. However, later on in the episode, there's a little bit of a gag where they're leaving the house, and we get an establishment shot from outside, and the work of the shellfish mm-hmm. is cutting the hedges in the shape of one of the Stilton members. It's just a mouse head for anybody else who wants to know. Mm-hmm. And as it's cutting, with its claws, obviously, because it's shellfish, it's cutting the, the hedge, and then it just chops the head, clean off the hedge. It's just like the claws <laughs> just cut straight through the hedge. In this moment, he's not angry or anything like that. He's just so in the zone, and he just cuts the head. The head comes (laughs) clean off. And there's this moment where he pauses, realizes what he's done, and kind of goes, like, he's worried. But then I think, subconsciously, that shellfish was so pissed off about being offered up as little food (laughs) to a cat, that he ends up cutting the head off the bush of the stiltons, which I just thought was great. Lovely little nod.
3: Great because
2: Because they're not just food, Michael. Fish are friends, too, as we've found out many, many times. But that's it. There you go. That's all of our little bits and bobs from this week's episode. The last thing that remains, as always, is call us the plug because <laughs> we're going to plug. You see, you thought you were going to get better quality this year when you came into 2021 with the show and you were wrong. If you've don't, enjoyed this don't podcast, call well. us the plug
3: because this bit of the podcast is running on fumes. <laughs>
2: the electricity is out here pal because if you have enjoyed yourself in any way shape or form please do give us a follow on twitter or instagram at podcast horseman send us all your favorite things from the show from this podcast uh maybe from what you had for lunch i don't care send us something uh we like to talk ourselves horse about a talking horse preferably that's what we like to do and we try to grow a community that enjoys doing that and we love the show. We just want you to enjoy it and we want to talk about it more. So if that is your cup of tea, you can do that there. And if you want to get in touch with either myself or Michael Hamflit, you can follow me on Twitter at it's Adam Nicholas. You can also follow Michael Hamflit.
3: At Michael And um, You can subscribe to this podcast at Apple Podcasts. You can follow on Spotify. You can listen on Amazon Music. You can subscribe on AirCast and pretty much anywhere else that you subscribe or stream or listen to your podcast, you can find Podcast Horseman. Just search, as we have found out recently very nicely, search BoJack search Bojack Horseman, search Podcast Horseman, search any yes. of those associated with um, Search Ferb Dirt, you'll probably find Podcast Horseman. Um, if you want to listen on Fridays when we upload the podcast to the App Podcast Horseman Twitch feed, you can do so. That's embedded in the tweet. Uh, and if you want to leave feedback, you can do so mainly with believe, through App Podcasts and Spotify, anywhere else of your podcast apps that allow you to do it. We'd love you to do it there as well. But especially those two. Uh, five stars, a few words that can be nasty or nice, but it gets us up the uh, searches, it gets us up the algorithm, it makes sure that even if you do search, Hurstman, there's a good chance you're gonna find our podcast, which is ultimately what we all really want. Um, which is exactly what Truco1224 did. Truco Truco possibly, um, who is gonna be the latest recipient of a star and our Hollywood talk of him just a a little reminder, um, there's a bit of feedback that we're working our way through soon. We're always calling out for it because we're not daft and we will eventually run out. But if you have such feedback, we promise we will get to it in due course. You will get your name and your start and you will get run out, which is exactly what Truco1224 has done. Uh, they've said, Boston guy here, just started listening to this and got to the fifth episode. I love the jokes about the Boston accent. Looking forward to listening to all your episodes at once. Doing a great job, guys. Go Red Sox. Wicked awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much. Trucker 1224, uh, our very own Boston guy that listens to the podcast rapper Apple podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, start on Hollywood Talk of Fame. We'll be winging it to you on Instagram very soon.
2: Wicked awesome. Brilliant <laughs> stuff, this. Brilliant stuff. Now, I did mention it at the start, and I meant it, and I will tell you again for anybody who's just might have missed the start of this podcast somehow. Um, your stars will be going live this Weekend, get excited, get hyped! It'll either be later today when you listen to this episode, maybe on Friday, or if you listen to this episode whenever in the year 2025, <laughs> I will tell you that maybe you might have missed the boat. Um, <laughs> but if you have a star, if you are older star, if you are a star, if you just like stars, I've run out of other things to say, but you get the gist. They are going up this weekend, so look out for those on both the Instagram and the Twitter accounts at Podcast Horseman because it's about goddamn time. Let's start 2021 the correct way. Anyway, speaking of which, my friend, have you seen what episode it is next? Because it is season um. four, episode nine, that is coming up on our Netflix synopsis here. And the episode is Ruthie. Uh, on one awful day, Princess Carolyn deals with rejection, deception, and loss. Bojack and Diane try to track down Hollyhock's birth certificate. This episode is is a I always enjoyed this one if I recall correctly because it's it's a it's a heavy princess Carolyn episode but in all the right ways I think um mm. that you kind of want from one of the most interesting characters on this show but if you want to find out what happens in the episode of course as always you'll have to come back next week none of that's <laughs> going to change just because it's 2021 some things stay the same uh before we do go though I hope everybody did have a nice hollywood hollywood I'll try again I hope everyone did have a nice holiday break, Michael. You included, mm-hmm. not just the guys and gals at home. Uh, and fingers crossed, we can get right back into BoJack Horseman and Podcast Horseman, where we left off, and kick this year off the correct way, because I'm, I'm in the mood for it now. I'm in the mood.
3: Yeah. This was uh, this is very cathartic. We are at the midpoint of Season 4. It's not a spoiler to say that we have uh, to the end of Season 6. To get to that's how much is left standing. If you dare not peek forward on your Netflix episode guide, uh, if you are watching episode by episode, so we are with you for the duration. This is not just a happy new year, but this is we will spend most of it with you. Lots of 2021 will be spent in Bojack Horseman, so maybe by the end of this, the whole world will look a lot nicer than it does right now.
2: Yeah, I love to hear that kind of crack. And in case you were worried even more, just so you know, obviously, this podcast will last forever, and we would encourage you to <laughs> listen and to listen to it millions and millions of times over. However, just to give you a little gauge, because you're probably thinking, like, how much do we have left? You've talked about it there. We've got it on season six. Technically, I think I've done the math. And I think by the time we get to September this year, we will mm. be done this podcast. Not that I want to get done, by the way. We should, we should, I'm enjoying this a lot. But that's, that's how long we've got left. Think of all those lovely months we have to do Podcast Horseman and Bojack Horseman-related things. I'm very much looking forward to it, Michael. Are you?
3: Boom, September. That's a long time away. That's a fair distance. That's a good portion. Yeah, it'd be nice to think the world is very different by then.
2: Fingers crossed. I'd, by that I'd like
3: time. to do that. Remember that Remember that dreadful show I'll never do a podcast on, Flash Forward? I'd like that gimmick, for <laughs> September. I'd love it. We just have a really quick look. Just a peek.
2: Just a little peek. <laughs> and then we drop back. Anyway, that's enough rounding from us. As always, I have been Adam Nicholas. I've been Michael Hamflit. And this has been Podcast Horseman. <laughs>